Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Hello and welcome to the Built On Air podcast. Built On Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide, the leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out OpenSide.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase. On today's episode, we speak with Matthew Bajetta, marketing lead and seasoned content strategist. Matthew has a super interesting backstory. He spent years in academia, earning himself two degrees in English and starting to work on a third, a PhD in English and Cultural Theory. While working toward his PhD, Matthew made a huge life change, leaving academics to start a new career in marketing. Around the same time, Matthew also started a personal meditation practice and went on to found his own meditation instructor training program. It was in the marketing sphere, though, that he found Airtable. The base Matthew shares with us today is his content asset tracker, which he uses to track content, keywords and metadata, writers assigned posts, and more. One of the most attractive features of his base lies within his blog post assignment form. The form allows the user to assign a writer, post title, keywords, pain points, and internal links to be included within the post. SEO and marketing pros out there know how important it is to include internal links within your website to increase domain authority. And Matthew's form makes this extremely simple by including a self-linked field to reference previously published stories when planning new content. Check out the show notes for links to learn more about Matthew. All right. Welcome to Built on Air. Thank you for joining us today, Matthew. Thanks for having me, Ellie. Happy to be here. Of course. We're super excited to have you on the show today. I don't even know where to start. You've got such a like crazy background. Um, so so you, are, you left academia to start your own business. Is that correct? Uh, sort of. I left academia to get into business. It wasn't okay. my own business, but it was, uh, yeah, software companies in and around Toronto. That's a big pivot. and That must have been pretty scary. It was, yeah. It involved uh, basically letting go of seven years of momentum I built in academia, going towards this PhD, which I thought I wanted. And then I got to a place in my life after year one where I was looking at the, looking at the numbers, looking at what I really wanted. And at the time, it was to marry the girlfriend that I'd had for a few years. And like, well, weddings cost money. Uh, I have negative money. It's like, it became a simple equation. But still, it was scary to take the plunge to say, all right, I'm done with PhD. Maybe I'll come back when I'm in my 60s. We'll see. Uh, and to, to give, a, give a crack at uh, you know, working in marketing at various tech companies. That's awesome. And, and did you ever do anything in marketing before that? Or is that something you just set your sight on? We're like, that sounds like I want, what I want to do. I had never done marketing previously. Um, in fact, I didn't even start in marketing. My first company was a student engagement B2B SaaS company. And I started off in like a customer success role, helping um, professors trans- translate their old school syllabi into this tool, this tech tool. So I was on the phone, like talking to professors. That's why I got hired because like I could talk to professors and I could, I I had some teaching experience and I also understood tech and I understood the platform that the the company was, was selling. And so initially my, my job was a lot of just like phone calls and like understanding pains and needs and 
showing them, walking them through the syllabus, updating and modernizing how they taught their classes. But the way it works in these kind of tech environments, startup-y high growth environments is like, if you can find a way to make yourself useful and you can add value, they'll make, make room for you. So I basically did that for eight months and then I, I pivoted. I, I realized, or I uh, was asked to write some posts for the marketing team. And so I did and, and they performed pretty well. And then I just went further down that road. And at the time, marketing was two or three people. It was only a 60 or 70 person company at the time. Today, they're like a couple hundred. Okay. And yeah, yeah they've, they've grown a lot. Uh, one of Toronto's tech, tech gems. Um, but yeah, that was how I got started. Yeah. And I started building out content. And, and that was kind of, I doubled down on that writing research communication skill set um, ever since then. That's wonderful. And and when um did when in this timeline did you discover Airtable? So I would say my career is like I don't know six years in the making since post academia. It would be in the last phase of my career, so in the last two years is when I discovered Airtable. At first, and, it was like a lot of doing and writing and researching and learning. Um, and then I got a role at a company um, where I was in charge of content strategy and. Um, I had these grand ideas of like how to structure and organize and strategize the content for like a full year, mm -hmm. but I was struggling to manage uh, the data in a way that made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And that's how I came across Airtable. Exactly. So you're trying to find something to, to put that structure into so that it's easily repeatable and people can read it and Airtable would be perfect for that. Yeah, and the one of the best parts of Airtable is like you have to organize uh, and relate a, a number of different types of objects, like mm -hmm. blog posts and authors and like pain points and funnel stages and emails and like there's a lot of variables. Mm -hmm. um, and you could just manually write it out every time, but I had a team of freelancers to work with that took a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So I, I learned how to use Airtable and to you know pipe all the data in there and then you can automate a bunch of things like you create forms with email triggers to to send you know your freelancer their next assignment um, and then the kind of silver lining of setting it all up was you now have this database which you can easily navigate and and pipe quantitative data into from various other sources either mm -hmm. fully automated from google analytics your website or even manually just downloading keyword data from hrefs and over time then the mix of the the metadata that I've manually added in, like what's the persona, what's the pain point, what's the funnel stage that this post is targeting with the performance data, which comes after the fact when it's out in the wild for a couple of months, mm -hmm. then you can start to see some really cool insights. And so I thought that was really exciting. That is super exciting. I, I feel like everybody, if, you're, if you don't love data when you find Airtable by the end of it, you're like obsessed. You're like, what else can I put in? Yeah, yeah. And knowing when to stop is also a skill to learn. Yes. <laughs> you can get too much. You can get, I found that you can get too carried away with linking everything. And, and you know, sometimes like it, your base is, is done for now. Like just use it for a little while. Maybe you can make another one for another purpose, but to keep it focused, I guess, is the idea that I've exactly. learned. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you started by putting all of your content into a base. Um, did you like start sharing that with your colleagues at that point or did you like turn your team onto it as well? I was the only one in, in the content role at the time when I first when I built my first base out. The first application that I used it for was to streamline how I worked with freelancers. So I had like four or five different people writing, you know, 10 posts a month in total. Mm -hmm. And I was like drafting out creative briefs. I was picking keywords. I was strategizing 
like in content marketing, every post serves a purpose and you want to be, you know, meeting the needs of the audience, wherever they are in the customer's journey, whether there's zero purchase intent and they're at the top of the funnel, or they're like looking to buy software at the very bottom of the funnel, you want to make sure that the, the topic and the content is appropriate for where they are. So I was using it to basically streamline and organize how I created creative briefs for the writers. And then I created an automation so that, and I can show you when we get into it, um, you fill in all the information and then you just move it into a row and it fires off an email. And then the writer has everything that they need. So that was the first way I shared it was with the, with the freelancers. And also my manager liked it because he could see the progress and track, you know, the, the, the productivity too from it. Right, right. Um, and did your manager start using it at all on, on his own? I mean, did it like kind of like catch like wildfire or? <laughs> <laughs> well, not then. My, man, like, my manager was like a data guru genius guy. So he was yeah. like Excel all the way. Like mm -hmm. he was like a ninja in Excel. So for him to learn a new platform, even though it's similar, it just, I don't think it was, he had all his spreadsheets built out. And so it was just, it was just me. Um, that changed in my current job though. So I brought it to the next company that I moved to and much bigger marketing team, much bigger content team. Right. And today we've got like five different people who use it on a daily basis. That's wonderful. And, and so are you, you're writing content or you're, you're following people that are writing content in your role? I mean, that in, in my role, in my role, I'm kind of like, I'm helping with content strategy. I'm writing my own content. Um, and I'm, I, that would be the two main hats that I would say I wear. It's a people manager role, but there's like four different content creators uh, in my current company. Wonderful. Four, five, maybe. I don't want to forget anybody. Three, four, five, six, including me. Excellent. Yeah. And you're all using it now? Yeah, to, to greater or lesser extents. Yeah. Yeah. The blog team uses it a lot. Um, the marketing person, marketing programs person uh, uses it quite a bit. The video person. Yeah. To the very extent we, we all use it, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So to pivot just for one second, there's something yeah. else really interesting that I read about you on your website, and that is that you started a meditation instructor training program. <laughs> yeah, I did. I started that around, uh, I guess, uh, three or four years ago now. That it, is so cool. Wow, cool. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, it was not planned, that's for sure. And it kind of coincided with my departure from academia. Right. Uh, at that time, my life, maybe six or seven years ago, before the, the instructor training program, um, it was really scary. Like I said, it was really stressful. And I was also at the time diagnosed with ADHD and like I was having a really hard time focusing. Mm -hmm. My life was, was really difficult. And I discovered Buddhism and meditation practice and a small group of people, actually a pretty large group of people who would practice every week. And I found a teacher who had been doing it for like 15 years. And I started practicing meditation. I never thought I would be that guy. I was allergic to new age stuff. Um, and I, in fact, I started meditation trying to disprove it, to, to prove that to this guy that I met who became my teacher, that this is all bull yeah. uh, and it's, it's not going to work, but it, it worked. So I kept going. And I kept going and my life kept uh, transforming. And then eventually I got to the point where like, um, this is something that I get a lot of satisfaction out of uh, yeah. doing and learning. So I was like, yeah, I want to go all in. I would love to teach people. Like people can take yoga training courses, uh, which is different, uh, but related to meditation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went, uh, I went all in on the meditation teacher training program. That is wonderful. Like super, super cool. 
And do you use Airtable to track like who's in that program at all? Or are you using that at all <laughs> in that sphere? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I use as little technology as I can in that part of my life. Understood. It actually helped me bring my technology use into uh, awareness because I think I, I would probably say I was a bit of like a internet junkie, you yeah. know, for probably like a, all my 20s. Um, just kind of always on. I don't know if that's too extreme to say, but I was on the internet quite a bit and like obsessively often. And uh, mindfulness um, helped me bring awareness into my life of like, how do I relate to the internet? How do I relate to technology? Like, when am I using it? Am I using it intentionally? Or am I just kind of reactively checking my phone to see the last, the last like and notification and all that kind of stuff. So um, I love Airtable and I love meditation, but they don't really touch. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting dichotomy, right? It's like on the one side, you're very involved in the tech world. And then on the other side, it's like a, a intentional departure from that, which I love. For me, yeah. Not that it's not possible. I'm, I'm sure there's people out there who could find ways of making their table work with their practice. And that being said, there is there are tech apps that I use. Like there's like Insight Timer, tracks your, your minutes, has guided meditations. So... Right. Yeah, it's an it's an exciting time for. I mean, this is a topic I love. Uh, you know, meditation in the West has only been around for forty years or so, and gotten really big in the last ten, fifteen years. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of. Uh, it's kind of like where the yoga industry was in the late '90s. Is like where meditation industry, if you want to call it an industry, um, is today. So there's a ton of like opportunity. I would just love it if in five, ten years from now, I can make a living somehow teaching meditation. That would just be so. I'll make you so happy. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. And we'll be sure to put a link to that in the show notes as well. I think it's so cool. Awesome. So you mentioned other apps that have to do with um, meditation, but mm -hmm. I was also wondering, are there other apps that you're using in the marketing sphere of your life and work that you're using in conjunction with Airtable or just on the side as well? Uh, yeah, both. So, I mean, Airtable... The integrations I use, they're primarily, so Google Analytics, because all of our um, blog data is coming from Google Analytics. So you want to be able to attach the quantitative data to the blog post and all the metadata that, that my team manually went in, read each blog post and tagged with this is the pain point, this is the funnel stage, this is the persona. Um, we also do manual data imports from Ahrefs to get keyword data in there. Uh, manual data imports from YouTube to get the video performance data in there. Um, and then like outside of like the content asset tracker, which is what we call the Airtable base, mm -hmm. um, there's other, you know, tool stacks that we use for, you know, all sorts of things. We use Qualtrics to run surveys. Mm -hmm. um, the SEO team uses a number of different SEO tools. We use Notion to organize our thoughts, Trello. Uh, yeah, there's a whole tech stack. Absolutely. And I feel like, the direction, at least this is just my opinion, the direction that Airtable is heading in is kind of able to encompass a lot of those tech stack apps like Trello, hopefully someday like Notion as well. I mean, I'm really, I'm hoping that the, the doors open up to all of these opportunities within Airtable as well. I mean, that's a great point. I never really thought about it. Like I only, I came at, at Airtable from a very kind of single-minded point of view, but you're right. Like it actually kind of feels like Notion in a bunch of different ways. Right. Um, the one thing it lacks uh, is like rich text support. Like it doesn't replace like a Google Docs or Microsoft Word. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. It doesn't do like paragraphs, long form text very well. 
Um, so, I mean, if they could figure that out, that would be awesome. But yeah, it does. It could totally replace Trello, like probably do a better job too than, than Trello. Um, Definitely. I've been seeing a lot of people moving from Trello to Airtable recently. So you mentioned they don't, they don't do rich text well, which I absolutely agree with. Is there anything else that are your pain points with Airtable that you wish they would change or update? Um, I mean, really specific nitpicky things, like specifically related to a use case that I had, which it couldn't do. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a, a million fringe cases, but one of the things, you know, they just released automations, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, we use Integromat and Zapier okay, to yeah. do all of the different connections to the other platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think automations, it's just launched. I, it's probably going to get built out and can get right. even better with time. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, I noticed that it couldn't do was it can update records, um, but it can't, I don't think it can search records. So it's not like search. Uh, there's, there's one particular function. It's like, I wanted to look up information on one table, find it and match it in another table. Mm-hmm. take the corresponding data object from the one found and, and then update the first table with that data. And I couldn't do it all in the automations. So right. we had to go to Integromat to do that. So that's, yeah. I guess, one little thing. I, I completely agree with that. That's, I think if they had a find record step, that would be definitely really helpful in Airtable. Like they do in Zapier and Integromat. You can yeah. find a record and then yeah. use that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, uh, what else? I, I love the Gantt chart block and I love the, um, sorry, apps. They're called apps now. Um, I'm having trouble with that as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Gantt chart one I use and then the flow chart one. And I feel like there's a lot of like great proof of concept apps that exist, but they could be built out a lot, a lot more. And I'm, I'm not complaining. I think it's, it's amazing, like the amount of functionality that it already packs into it. But um, I feel like that automations, or sorry, apps store is just the beginning of like, you know, the iTunes store, which has like what millions and millions of apps now. Right. So give it a couple of years and give developers some time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're on the ground floor right now. That's for sure. And it's all, it's been out for a while, right? Like I just got into a table a couple of years ago, but was like seven or six or seven years old. I believe it was founded in 2012, I think. So yeah, Yeah. about that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's amazing. Yeah, it's really, I'm, I'm excited to see what's to come. Well, wonderful. I think now would be a great time. If you want to share your screen, we can jump into the screen share. I'm excited to see uh, what sure. you've got going for your base. Yeah, so like real quick, real briefly, like actually I, I trimmed down the, the base because the content asset tracker, it's a beast and it's also still under construction. So I, I tried to distill it down to like the main pieces and the main objects that like I use the content asset tracker to organize, which is like, blog posts, emails, product messaging, personas, pain points, funnel stages, companies, backlinks. So um, I can go through a couple of the key tables um, and then I can dive into each of them and maybe explain a little bit more. Perfect. So the main table that the SEO team uses is the, the blog table. Um, the full, like, and all the data is, is fake, right? Cause I, it's all proprietary. So if it mm-hmm. looks weird uh, and if there's glitches, apologies. <laughs> Just assume this is like a fully fleshed out uh, list of 500 and some odd growing blog posts. All of it is collected in this catalog. We've got uh, the title, the post URL, the writer, the status, the keyword. Um, This field, which I'll dig into later, outgoing links is huge for um, creating interlinking out on your website, which can really help with domain authority. Mm -hmm. Um, What else we've got? Links out, so these are links going out. Uh, funnel stage, 
pain point, and there's a, there's a bunch of stuff that we'll just skip over. But then it's also got all the different due dates. So like the draft due, the publish date due, um, and then we've got blog and analytics data. And yeah, so that's that's the that, that's kind of the high level columns. Perfect. I use the data in this table in a few different ways, or the person who use I used to use it, and now my colleague uses it. Mm-hmm. So we use the workflow, um, I guess you call view, to help manage um, new assignments, updates, and stuff. So we've got a backlog, needs updating, post scheduled, um, in the outlining phases, um, assigned to the writer, editing, ready to publish, published. So it's the whole workflow for blog uh, creation. Uh, we also have the, the blog content calendar. So this helps us to stay a, a track of, you know, shifting deadlines. So like this post was meant to go off on the 14th, but the writer ran into a problem. So we, we need to bump it and it's very easy. Uh, drag and drop. Exactly. Um, it's also good for outlining new posts. So this is a form that we built out and I think I can, yeah. So I've loaded it up in the web browser over here. So it's basically when you're, when you're planning out a bunch of new posts, you, there's a creative brief that needs to be created. Um, and by using the form created from the table, it saves a lot of time of like, we like searching and mm-hmm. thinking like overhead, because you can do all the search, uh, searching in an air table, essentially, right? So mm-hmm. you pick your writer, I've kind of populated this already, just to give you a, um, a feel, you right. set the status, you put in the post title, you can select from a list of keywords, which you have all sorts of metadata on already, which you want the writer to focus on. Mm-hmm. You pick a pain point that you want the writer to focus on, uh, the funnel stage, what's the persona that this post is going to be written for, um, internal links to add. So this is this is pretty cool. So this column, it references the entire catalog itself. Right. So um, one of the things that was took a lot of time um, when I was outlining in the past was, okay, I'm writing a post on, on X and I want the writer to incorporate and link to these three other posts on our blog. Mm-hmm. for SEO uh, purposes, right? Because when you interlink within your own blog post, uh, within your own website, um, it increases the, the domain authority of the entire site. Right. So by having, uh, this was one of the biggest features, right? Having it right there, you can just narrow it down. Type a few keywords and, you know, select your posts that you want the writers to, uh, to focus on. Yeah, that's a really great idea. Yeah, it saves a lot of time when you're doing like, 12 posts a month or 15 or, you know, and it's scalable too. Um, so that when you fill all this information out um, and you hit submit, um, it basically shows up. This is a, this was like a static link that we would share with the writers mm-hmm. and the record would appear under their name and it would have all the information they need to get started. They just open up the record. They see, okay, these are the links I'm going to link out to. So they click through and start reading them part of the research. They mm-hmm. could focus in. Okay. So this is the pain point. Here's the definition of the pain point. This is the funnel stage, which means, okay, not, no purchase intent, yada, yada, yada. Um, here's the persona, keyword. So all the information is right there. They can get started. And it kind of cuts down the amount of back and forth. Right. So are you creating a different view for each writer? Uh, you could. Um, I didn't and when I was doing it because there was no personal data that could have been found here. And right. I, I figured, you know, if they wanted to, they could just filter themselves. Right, exactly. Right. That's always helpful when you can do that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Um, yeah. There's no like private personal information here, so that was safe. All the information actually could have could have been helpful for other writers to see. Like these are the other posts that are in the pipeline. This is what's coming out this month, right? If they wanted to, right? Exactly. Cool. Um, Yeah. So I mean, that's yeah. That's the gist of this table. 
Um, and then the, the assigned trigger here. So this would be the field that once the post uh, is outlined and I make the status assigned, it triggers an email that gets sent notifying them, uh, hey, your new assignments are up ready and it's got a link to this URL in it. So that's, what, that's how they get there. Perfect. Yeah, so that's the blog. Um, the other big table is the video table. So same idea, just with videos. Um, and we've, I've got this one kind of organized by the different video types, but a lot of the same types of metadata in here, just think video instead of blog. So you've got the different formats of video, you've got all the titles, you've got the funnel stage, you've got the pain points, video URL. Uh, is it a practical tip video? Is it a podcast? Is it live Q&A? Is it a video to support a blog post? Um, and then, yeah all sorts of uh, other quantitative data. A lot of the data looks like it's kind of disappeared as I've tried to make this uh, scrub it for public consumption. Of course. Um, <laughs> um, but there, there's lots of it and it's very useful. And moving on to the email. So this is, we're actually in the process of moving to HubSpot. And when that happens, I'm very excited because I know there's a HubSpot Airtable integration. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna, it's very exciting. Um, but our current email CMS doesn't use HubSpot, but we still needed a way to manage all the different emails that go out. We've got a few different people who work on them. We've got a few different segments. And so this is just basically an email calendar. Um, the overview um, the overview view would be where we build out, you know, the new emails coming up for the month. And then each week we would kind of go through the calendar and, and be like, oh, okay, uh, we don't want to send two on Thursday. So, you know, let's let's bump one to Friday. And also, we only want to have three per week, so like, let's bump another one to next week. So that's how we would use the email calendar. Perfect. Um, and then we've got the contact. So these are all, this is like all the different types of individuals not in our organization that we need to collaborate with to keep the content machine running. Mm -hmm. um, and there's various types, right? You've got an expert, so that's like a thought leader that you want to reach out to and like maybe have host a, a conversation on a podcast. We've got freelancers who you want to reach out to to write a post. Contacts are people at other companies or organizations that you might want to reach out to for backlink swaps. Okay. Um, and then leads are like um, potential experts or potential thought leaders that you want to reach out to. Like somehow they've entered in your um, into your network and ecosystem, but you never made contact with them. So you want to reach out, see if there's an opportunity to work with them. Um, and then qualified is like, okay, we've reached out to them. Yes, like we have, we're not working with them yet, but we'd like to in the future. Uh, and then dead is like, contact information out of date. We just don't want to delete it and, and that kind of thing. Right. So this uh, this view, this table rather is used by a few different people. Um, and I kind of simplified the workflows, but they're kind of all similar in the sense of like, you've got your backlog of contents, those people you need to reach out to, send an email to, you need to follow up, no response. Um, and like in this case, if it's a, a backlink exchange swap complete, Mm -hmm. um, I think this is one of the tables that would really benefit from the HubSpot integration once we get it set up. So that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Does that have like CRM capability? Uh, does what this or like HubSpot? I've never yeah, actually used it, HubSpot. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is a CRM. It's yeah, definitely got CRM capabilities. Yeah. Wonderful. So yep. So that's that. And then companies is just kind of like the, some contacts that we work with. Mm -hmm. There are multiple of them that work at a company and as time passes, people leave and change. So that's, that's what this, uh, the one person uses this more than anybody else really. And that's kind of like how we look at our companies. Uh -huh. um, this one is kind of ex uh, exciting for me uh, and for anyone SEO minded. Um, this is the keyword data table. So we have in Ahrefs a list of 
keywords that we track and follow on a regular basis, a couple hundred. And every month we'll do a data dump from, from Ahrefs and plop it into this table here. And what you'll start to see over time is trends, um, which you can do in Airtable itself, but the big benefit of doing it in here is that they're attached, they're not just keywords floating in the ether, they're attached to blog posts and the blog posts are also filled with rich metadata too. So you can do some really interesting analysis um, and strategic planning. Um, so that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, and then these are the two data kind of, so keywords, blog data and video data, they're all just kind of like data repositories where this one, the blog data is integrated with GA. So mm -hmm. this is automatically updated um, every, I think here we did it every week, but we're switching to every month. Mm -hmm. And what you start to see is um, week over week, you have, you know, average session duration, new users. You can start to track um, the performance basically of various uh, content assets. One thing I'm still working on doing is um, building out a formula or roll up or something to make this data a little bit easier to read and to action. I don't have that strong data analysis skill set, but I know having the data in here is very valuable. So I, I'm looking at it like this for now, but yeah. I'm still working on, on making it a little bit easier to digest. Yeah, no, this is wonderful. I can absolutely see the value in all of this. Cool. Yeah, so video data, similar. Um, the only difference is that uh, it's manually imported because there's no YouTube integration. So mm -hmm. once a month, we'll bring in the YouTube data. It's organized by YouTube ID, which is basically just the last 11 characters of any YouTube video. It's the YouTube ID. It's like a, a randomly generated code. So that's how we match it up. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so that's the, that's the I guess, the content-y part of the, ba of the base. Um, and then the messaging part is also pretty neat. So we've got um, pretty fully built out uh, product messaging framework, um, which uses its own model of each product feature that we try to message mm -hmm. has uh, an organizational pain, an unmet need, the function of the feature itself, vision of use, and the organization's benefit from the feature. So having this all in Airtable is very useful again for the for the freelancers once you're sourcing out um, assignments and you want, let's say, you want a post to incorporate a pitch at the end to a particular feature, you just you just pipe pipe this data in and it's already in the brief. So it really helps um, you scale your team of freelancers and keep everybody on brand and, and talking in the same language about the same messages that you want to be putting out into the world. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Yeah. Um, and so this is another kind of messaging piece, which is like pains or organizational pains, um, if you want to call it that. So this is like done based on internal research and also market research of like, what are the pain points that people who are coming to our blog usually experience, whether they know about it or not. And that helps us create answers and solutions because they're obviously looking for answers. That's why they're searching and using Google in the first place. So having tagged all of our content with like basically reading the post after the fact, and I have a, it's all kind of, we've got 18, you know, different panes. Each one has a definition. Mm -hmm. and reading each post and tagging each post, we can then start to see, you know, like how good are we, how good a job are we doing? What's our coverage, right? Do we have like any pains where we think they're pains, but we have no content for them. So this becomes like a strategic tool that we can use to build out and cover all those gaps. Or, you know, what pains, what pains do we have a lot of coverage in where maybe we, and, and like, what's the performance of those pains? Is it necessary, right? So you can do a lot of interesting strategic planning with that. Absolutely. 
Uh, and then you got your personas, which I just made these again from scratch, but it's it's cool to have to help uh, the writers um, have a picture in mind of like who they're writing for. And I also wanted I to just that. use the, yeah, I just wanted to use the image feature because the gallery <laughs> is pretty great, right? <laughs> it really is. And even without it though, the, your other two tables that you just showed, they look really clean and sleek like that as well with just the text. Like, I really love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I played around with the yeah with the gallery functionality, and you can you can customize what appears on each card, and so it's yeah. Yeah, it looks it's really good. It, it's great, yeah, to to get the information at a glance. Um, yeah, I mean that's so that's most of the big stuff. Um, I think I did the overview and the deep dive at the same time. <laughs> no, that's perfect though. I'm curious. I have one question about like the linking that you showed sure. us in the form. Sure. So that's a self-linked table to blog posts, right? Or self-linked field, rather, yes. to the same table. Right. This is the, right. Sorry. So the outgoing links field here, it's, it's, it's uh, linked to the blog table. So as, right? So yes. that as uh, time passes and new posts are created, they're all indexed. And when, you, when it comes time to um, maybe do some, some interlinking of old posts or even planning new posts, mm -hmm. it's, it's very easy to just, you know, find, find the post that you want to update and you interlink it. And I think that's really wonderful. The reason why I, I usually don't use the self-linked fields is just because they don't have that reciprocal function. But in this mm -hmm. case, you wouldn't need it because it's, you're only linking from one post to another. You're not, you don't need to see on the other one, which, like what posts have linked to it or you could if you wanted to set it up that way you could um that's a level of complexity i just did not get into <laughs> no of course no I, I think that's really awesome and a really yeah. simple solution to solve what i'm sure is like a, a timely problem yeah and the bigger your blog catalog is the the more valuable this type of um, search functionality of your own it really surfaces like topic clusters that you didn't know you had and you know coverage blind spots that you didn't know you have. Um, and it just cuts down on all the overhead of like uh, drafting out new briefs and making sure that you're getting your new posts that you're, you're producing are all linking out to different uh, consistently old posts that you have that you that are maybe already ranking well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Bravo. This is wonderful. Thanks. Of course. Are you using blocks at all or apps? Excuse me, like chart blocks or something? Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't. I'm, I I I am in other projects. Of course. Um, in in this particular base, I think I use stuff like CSV import, dedupe. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I'll, I'll use the URL preview one for the video tab. Oh, that's cool. Um, although I'm not using my paid account for this demo, I'm using my personal account. But it is cool because you can you easily see a thumbnail of the video and you can even hit play for the video guy. Yeah, um, I'm excited about that feature for sure. And I think I use the chart when I'm doing like analysis of. Uh, content performance and trying to like right. plan strategic, uh, you know, initiatives of like a, a topic cluster for the future or, uh, you know, quarterly planning for the next year. I'll use the charts feature for that. For this particular base, I think that's, that's about it for the, for the apps that I use. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, I'm sure you could make a bunch of um, really nice looking charts showing that the Google Analytics data over time. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, I need to, yes, I need to get better at processing that and coming up with formulas and stuff, but definitely, yeah. No, this is awesome. And 
it's I feel like the more people use Airtable, the more like they're like, oh, I can do this and I can add this and this and yeah. it just keeps getting better and better. It's awesome. Yeah, totally. Like when I I came across um, an article, the only two there's two posts that were written that I found and I looked high and low on how to do this. Mm-hmm. One was uh, on the Process Street blog. And I think they're, a, they're like a startup out of the UK, Process mm-hmm. Street. And the other one was on the Animals blog. And from those two posts, I kind of cobbled together and evolved it and like made my own kind of version. Perfect. Yeah. Well, excellent. Bravo. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Oh, happy to. Thanks a lot for having me on. It's, it's fun to talk about it because I, I kind of feel like I, I think about it a lot in my mind and I, I, I chat with my colleagues a little bit. But other than that, it's like a lot of work goes into this and it's nice to, to show it. Exactly. Yeah, you should be proud. This is great. Thanks. And where can our listeners go to learn more about you? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, you can always find me on LinkedIn. I can give you the link to that. Um, I also have a Twitter account and uh, I have a personal website, which is uh, matthewvegetta.com. Perfect. And we'll put all the links to those in the show notes as well. Wonderful. Excellent. Matthew, thank you so much. That was wonderful. I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks, Ali. It's been fun. Thanks a lot for the time. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to give it a like or hit us up on social at Built On Air. We always love to hear your comments and suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going.